Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. Even though this is an off week for us, we wanted to share with you a podcast that you may have missed or maybe you heard it, but it's still going to help you get ready for 2023. It's episode 91 where we talk about using failure as a fuel, embracing failure. We don't want to fail, I understand that, but don't look at failure as something negative. Look at it as something positive because you're going to grow from it. We're going to talk about that in this episode that we're sharing with you. And then in the riff of the episode, we're going to share with you a tip that'll help you focus better on the pickleball court. So enjoy episode 91 and hope you're having a great holiday season. If you're ready to break out and become the best pickleball player that you can be, then the pickleball system is for you. If you're ready to make the commitment to yourself and your pickleball game, you can join us at thepickleballsystem.com. I'll put the link in the show notes. If you're not sure whether you're ready for the pickleball system or just want to learn more about it, then join us for our three-part mini-series where you will learn some of the most important concepts that there are in the sport of pickleball. In addition to these concepts, you'll also learn more about the pickleball system. You can find the link to the three-part mini-series down below in the show notes, and we'll see you in class. All right, let's start with this idea of failure as a prerequisite. I've always had this nagging sort of suspicion that failure was important, right? You hear about you, know, you have to fall down before you can learn how to walk and things like that. But it really got driven home, for me anyway, watching a documentary this week. I uh, highly recommend it. It's on YouTube. It's a free HBO documentary. It's Borg against McEnroe. So if you follow tennis at all, and I grew up watching these two players play, um, morning these two players play and um you know their rivalry was amazing but what what was what jumped out at me about the the documentary other than just the interesting storylines in there is that and i'll frame it out for you a little bit so you had borg and mcenroe were two tennis greats right john mcenroe bjorn borg bjorn borg was a little bit older than mcenroe and he was on top of the world number one winning wimbledon all the time just you know he was the champ he was the roger federer of his era Along comes a young John McEnroe, a few years younger, and starts to push Bjorg, Borg. Starts to push him, and eventually McEnroe surpasses Borg. So he beats him, and Borg looks across the net and just kind of decides, I don't know how I'm going to beat this guy. So Borg makes the decision to retire at a fairly young age, if you think about it, 25. I don't know, I don't know Roger Federer's exact age, but I know it's, it's well above 25 for sure. And, you know, Nadal and Djokovic and all those players are playing well into their you know, thirties. So you have uh, Borg retires at 25. And so, okay, we lose Borg as a competitor in, in tennis, but here's the key. Borg's retirement totally uh, messed up John McEnroe's play. What happened was John McEnroe had been challenged by Borg and Borg was basically his muse, if you will. He was, Borg was what, what, was what drove McEnroe to continue working on his game and to continue improving. He loses Borg as, a, as, an, as an adversary, right, as an opponent. And all of a sudden, his game goes into a tailspin because even though you would think it'd be easier, right, because you would say, well, there's nobody left to challenge you. You just go out there and dominate. That's not how it worked. He needed Borg in order to continue having pressure on himself and in order to perform at his, high, at his highest level, the highest level he could play. So I want you to think about that when you're out there playing. Think about, you know, why is it that you try and improve? Well, the reason you're trying to improve is because you've gotten beaten. Because someone has bested you and you have said to yourself, you know what? 
I need to elevate my game. Imagine a world in which, you know, you were a 4-0 or 4-5 pickleball player and every other player on the planet was a 2.0 pickleball player. Would you play pickleball? I don't know. Maybe. You know, if you just want to go out there and bat the ball around, but you're certainly not going to play it competitively because if you play that game competitively against players that are two or two and a half levels under your level, that's not going to challenge you. That's not going to give you any kind of a push, right? So, you know, give, and, and let me flip it around a little bit. Let's assume, you know, you're a 3-5 right now, right, or a 3-0 right now, and you're playing with players who are 3-5 or 4-0, half a level above you, right? What are those players doing? They're pushing you, right? They're, they're challenging you. They're making you grow as a, as a player and as a person, frankly. So, you know, next time you're out there and, and you're feeling a little frustrated because your opponent just bested you, Flip it around a little bit in your mind and just say, you know what? Look across the net and you, you can say it verbally or in your mind and thank that player for beating you. Thank that player for, for taking the day because that loss by you is what's going to motivate you to continue improving your, proving yourself and growing. There's a story that I like from, it's a, I, I used it in a previous podcast, but it applies to this one. So we're going to hit it again. It's from The Art of Learning by Josh Waitzkin. So Josh Waitzkin is the He's the actual person in, the, in that movie and book called In Search of Bobby Fischer. So he's a chess master. Basically, he's the young, the young boy and then man in that story. And Josh talks about, you know, growth and what you need to do to grow and how you basically put yourself out there and you suffer your lumps to grow. And it, it can be scary. And he uses the, um, the example of a hermit crab. So a hermit crab is a little tiny crab that lives inside of a shell if you don't know, that shell that the hermit crab lives in is not its shell. It's another animal's shell that the hermit crab, I think the hermit crab can actually kill him too, but it either killed the animal or it just took the shell, found a shell and it used it. And it, it's a shelter that it carries around with, it, with itself to protect itself. Well, what happens is if the hermit crab grows, which it should, right, then it will need another shell. So it will have to leave the comfort of the shell that it's currently in right? And then venture out into the world, if you will, to find another uh, shell for itself. In that time period, when it has left shell number one and is heading to shell number two, it's exposed, right? Exposed to the elements, exposed to attack and things like that. That's what happens to you as a player sometimes, if you want to grow, is you're going to have a comfort level. You're going to know that you can do this thing, right? You're good at this thing, whatever it is, whether you're a banger, a soft shot player, whatever it is you do, right? And then you say to yourself, you know, um, I want to grow. Well, if you want to grow, you are going to have to expose yourself by coming out of your, by getting out of your comfort zone, right? Pulling yourself out of your, uh, the shell that you've been in, and allowing yourself to go and, you know, be exposed and go into another shell. But that's absolutely required for growth. And again, the, what's spurring you on, right? What's keeping you going in terms of your growth, in terms of your desire to continue growing as a pickleball player, is failure. Failure is the motivator. So look at failure in the future with a more positive lens. Look at failure as an opportunity for you to continue on this path to improvement on your path to grow as a pickleball player. And it'll help you also, you know, when you have your inevitable losses, right, which will happen, 
even happens to the best players. When you have your inevitable losses, you won't look at them from a negative standpoint. You'll look at them from a more positive standpoint in terms of being challenges that you can choose to accept and then work on your improvement as a pickleball player. In the riff, we're gonna chat about how to make sure your body is ready to perform at its best. And I'm gonna share with you a personal story so you understand that happens to us all. When you don't do enough in this area, you will not play up to your level. Stay tuned for the riff. Most pickleball players spend a lot of time thinking about and comparing pickleball paddles. But you know what's more important than a pickleball paddle? Your shoes. Are you wearing the right kind of shoes to play pickleball in? If you're not sure, consider trying out shoes that are designed and made specifically for pickleball. Tyrol shoes are the shoes that CJ and I both wear out on the pickleball court. Remove any doubt about whether the shoes you're wearing are right for pickleball. Check out Tyrol shoes, I'll put a link in the show notes. Protect your most valuable asset out there, your body, with the right shoes. Wear the right shoes and play longer on the court. All right, in the riff today, we are going to chat about getting your body ready to perform at its best when you're out on the get, getting ready to go on the pickleball court. Specifically, what I want to talk about is a topic that may seem a little too simplistic, but stick with me, and I think it'll help you really uh, understand the um, understand its importance. And what I want to talk about is hydration. What happens a lot of times? We go out there and play pickleball, right? Obviously, we take our water bottle. We're not. We're not completely ignorant about it, right? So we, we have our water bottle and we carry it with us to the courts. We go out there, hopefully warming up a little bit, and then we hit the courts and we play our game. Maybe come off, maybe remember to drink water, maybe not, right? And so on. So that's how our day goes normally with hydration. Here's the limitation with that. The limitation with that sort of approach to hydration is if you're waiting till the end of the first game to drink water, you're going, to be de- you're going to be dehydrated. Hydration starts, actually, the day before you play. So what you want to do is, you're playing tomorrow, start drinking today, water, right? Get yourself prehydrated. If you don't prehydrate before you go out there, by the time you're in the first hour, hour and a half, you're already going to be dehydrated. Because dehydration means your hydration level is less than optimal, right? And so what happens is your dehydration will continue and continue and it'll eventually catch up with you to where you're really dehydrated in the, in the sense that you normally think of it where you can't perform up to your expectations. And the story I'm gonna share with you is from the recent Atlanta Open that I was able to play. I played on Saturday and I played on Sunday. Saturday's start was at 12.30. The night before, I ate some good carbs, I hydrated real well. I even drank pickle juice the night before and the morning of. I bought some pickles, I eat pickles, I drank the pickle juice, super hydrated. We played a pretty long day on Saturday. Started around 1.30, I think we had a little rain delay and then finished around eight. So good day and I felt good, I felt focused. I felt, uh, I didn't feel tired. I felt really good on Saturday. Sunday, a little different story. Sunday started at 8 o'clock in the morning. Now, I don't know about you, but when I've played a full day of competitive pickleball, got a little bit of adrenaline going. So it's kind of hard to go to sleep. So can't even go to sleep that well. 
and the adrenaline is also interfering with normal um, normal intake of water and food and things like that for me anyway so I, I hydrated don't get me wrong I did I knew I was playing the next day so I hydrated but I don't think I hydrated quite as well as I did the day before plus I was already starting with a negative balance in my my portfolio right I already had a negative balance on my in my hydration portfolio because the day before I had essentially dehydrated normally right during the day I had dehydrated playing pickleball on Saturday and so I had a negative balance that I needed to catch up well what happened was I did not catch it up sufficiently between Saturday and Sunday and I'll tell you what happened to me Sunday fuzzy fuzzy mind you know inability to really focus a little late on everything you know one of those days where you're you're like what's happening to me I see the ball I think I see it I'm swinging my paddle or I'm, I'm, I'm putting my paddle in position to punch it or do whatever I want to do but I'm just not getting the job done and the reason I was fuzzy is I was dehydrated folks your body needs to be hydrated so that it can do its job if you're I mean it's as simple as this your brain needs to be able to communicate with itself right and with your with your muscles if you're dehydrated right you lose a certain amount of ability to have that communication between your brain and muscles that your body needs in order to execute the way you want to execute so what happens you're fuzzy you're foggy right and it's it's i'm not saying it's simple but it is sort of simple hydrate right it wasn't as simple in my case just because of the days and things like that right i'm not making excuses but that's what happened but if you're just playing tomorrow morning right and you're listening to this podcast today then set a bottle of water out you know a nalgene or you know metal jug of water or something out on your counter and before you go to bed drink the water make sure you're hydrated and what will happen is tomorrow you're going to feel a lot better as a pickleball player and you'll execute better too now these concepts hydration and things like that are part of what we call the athletic pillar and it's important for you to bear in mind the relationship between your mind and your body as you're out there playing the earlier concept um, that we talked about today which i can't remember right now <laughs> was um look at my notes real quick we were talking about i know i'm gonna know in a second oh yeah improvement requires failure what am i talking about here so that's improvement right that's a big part of the game that's part of that that straddles the um athletic pillar and also the mechanical pillar right and also the strategic pillar basically because you're getting pushed but it's also part of the mind right so that's part of the mind hydration is part of the body if you want to know more about these sorts of things and need some help we're always here for you check us out at wearepickleball.com make sure you're on our mail list and if you're ever interested in joining the system it'll give you everything you need soup to nuts to get you where you want to go hope you enjoyed this week's podcast if you did as always please share with your friends remember if you like the podcast they probably will too have a great week and we'll see you next time